Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. He trusts you enough to make you a part of His covenant people. But in that trust is inherent a responsibility to be faithful. Faith always expresses itself in faithfulness in our lives. Sin infiltrates character. It erodes virtue. And it makes us untrustworthy, unfaithful. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands Do we fully understand what God has entrusted us with? As Pastor Ed shares in his message, God places trust in us that we might be faithful to His commands and promises. However, sin is a presence that continuously undermines our intentions. We must draw close to Christ and keep our relationship strong to be the best stewards of what God has entrusted us with. If we fall away from His commands, we risk allowing sin to infiltrate our actions and to fail at the tasks that God places before us. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith Joshua chapter 7 But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Camry, son of Zimri, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven, east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it and do not weary all the people for only a few men are there so about three thousand men went up but they were routed by the men of Ai who killed about thirty-six of them they chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries struck them down on the slopes at this the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes, fell down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Ah, sovereign Lord, Why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of Jordan. Oh Lord, what can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. 
What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go. Consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. That which is devoted is among you, O Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe that the Lord takes shall come forward clan by clan. And the clan that the Lord takes shall come forward family by family. And the family that the Lord takes shall come forward man by man. He who is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire, along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes, and Judah was taken. The clans of Judah came forward, and he took the Zerites, and the clan of the Zerites came forward by family, and Zimri was taken, and Joshua had his family come forward man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, Give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give him praise. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I've done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all of Israel, and spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua together with all Israel, took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold wedge, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent and all that he had to the valley of Acre. Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him. And after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Therefore the place has been called the Valley of Acre ever since. May God bless his word. 
And may we hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Alan Redpath wrote a book on the book of Joshua. And he titled it, Victorious Christian Living. The children of Israel's experience in conquering the promised land is a type of the Christian journey and the battles that we experience and the victories that we experience as well as the losses. We're fighting for our spiritual inheritance. We're going after the promises that God has made to us, the inheritance that God has given to us. All these things are our rights, but the tragedy is we often live far below our promised inheritance. We often live far below what God wants us to have, what God's Word tells us is ours. Oftentimes, we do what Joshua did. We look up and we question God. The text gives us three questions that Joshua fires up at God. God redirects his attention and he redirects our attention. It's not looking up there and saying, why? It's looking within the camp and saying, why? In Peanuts, Charlie Brown has a line. He says, we've spotted the enemy and he is us. Sin has a way of hiding. Hiding from people. Hiding even from ourselves. In this text, we see the reason for Israel's defeat and the reason for our defeats. This is the only time Israel's defeated in the book of Joshua. The only battle that they lose. And the reason is detailed very carefully. There are three things that I want to share this morning with you. The character of sin, the consequence of sin, and the casualties of sin. Alan Redpath said, God does not make it impossible for his children to sin. Don't you wish he did? But it says God does not make it possible for his children to sin. He always makes it possible for them not to sin. Defeat may happen in the life of the Christian, but it need not. It need not be the story of your life, the story of any of our lives, the character of sin. You know, we all appreciate close relationships, friendships. Close relationships are built on trust. They're built on confidence in others. We trust God, so we give our lives to him. Do you know he trusts you? He trusts you enough to make you a part of his covenant people. But in that trust is inherent a responsibility to be faithful. Faith always expresses itself in faithfulness in our lives. Sin infiltrates character. It erodes virtue. And it makes us untrustworthy, unfaithful. 
In Joshua 8.11 it reads, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have violated my covenant. They were unfaithful. They violated the covenant that God made with them. See, God said, you go into the land, and the first city that you conquer, it belongs 100% to me. It's mine. But there Achan was. And he saw those coins of silver and the gold wedge and the beautiful Babylonian garment. Well, uh, listen to what the text says in verse 11. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That describes the progression. He looked, he saw, he took it. He stole it, he lied. Now, all of those things happened in Achan's heart. Now, I don't know what would have happened, but as they rushed into Jericho, they took the gold, the silver, and that was to be devoted to God. And maybe Achan thought, you know, for almost 40 years, I've worn the same suit, and I've had the same shoes. Now, mind you, they've lasted, but I'd like a little more variety in my wardrobe. Look at this beautiful Babylonian garment. Man, I'll wear that and they'll notice me. Now, I'll hide it for a while. You know, I, I could use the extra change once we get settled in the land. And it's coming near retirement time. And if I just bank it. So, so you picture him taking this and all of the soldiers would be taking and giving the money to the treasury that it was to be devoted to. And Aiken's going there, and maybe he's, he begins just to think about it. You know, I deserve this. I really fought hard in that battle. You know, I, I went into the city, and I took on a number of guys, and I should have it. Sin grows and multiplies and progresses. It goes from taking to lying to justifying. That devoted thing was that which belonged to the Lord. Are there things that belong to God that you're holding back from him? Now, some of the most difficult chapters in the scripture, and this is one of them, because when you read it, you have to search your heart. You can't study this chapter without coming before God and feeling broken. It searches you. And as you read and as you study, you begin to ask yourself, Lord, are there areas that I am keeping back that which belongs to you? The Bible says that we're bought with a price, not silver or gold, with the precious blood of Jesus. When you came to an old-fashioned altar and you said, Jesus, be the Lord of your life, that meant at that very point you were saying, God, my life belongs to you. So if we go out and live like God has not our Lord and Master, how can we call him Lord? What do we do with the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God has given us? Let me ask you a more personal question. What do you do with the tithes? It belongs to the Lord. Well, I'll, I'll use my tithes because I want to buy Christian literature and hand it out. Well, buying Christian literature is a wonderful thing, and do it. 
but your tithe belongs in the storehouse. Hear me. Don't take that which belongs to the Lord and use it for yourself. Here, Achan took what belonged to God and he kept it. And it's far more than just our tithes. But what happens is men and women, when sin gets into their character, the character of sin is it will make you unfaithful. You will be unfaithful to church. You'll be unfaithful to Christ. You'll be unfaithful to the body of Christ. That's one of the characteristics of sin. It's the opposite of faith, which issues itself in faithfulness. Notice something else. Whenever you find sin, it's synonymous with darkness. When we think of righteousness or godliness, we think of light. God is, is light, and in him there's no darkness. What does it say three times in verses 20 to 22? It says, as I read the text, he hid it, he hid it, he hid it. Uh, Find that hidden thing. Where did you hide it? You know what sin will make you do? It'll make you hide. Uh, Now, I could imagine him rationalizing it. He said, you know, I've worked hard. I've done this. I've done that. I deserve a break today. And so every day he has the gold there, and he has the silver, and he has the garment. Uh, Maybe some of the family has gone out, and he takes that garment, and he looks at it. Why, this will look good on me. And he he takes the gold. Boy, I'll be set up here. But he hides it. You know, sin will make you hide things from God and from others. When a person lives faithfully to God... They live open and transparent. Sin makes us secretive. Hide it from your wife. Hide it from your husband. Hide it from your parents. Hide it from your children. Is there something that you're hiding? Is there some area of your life that you have a a closet door and you shut it and you've locked it? Aiken hid. But you know what God does? With that which is hid, he exposes. Achan hid it, God exposed it. Achan hid it from others, God revealed it. Are there sins, are there the seeds of sin in your heart that left unchecked, unreproved, not dealt with, that have the potential to grow into literally monsters that will choke the word of God in your life? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Paul the apostle said, when you come to the table of the Lord, when you come to the communion table, you're to do something. You're to come to God and and you're to judge yourself. If God judges you, it's too late. It's far better to humble yourself before God than to be humbled by God. Just picture with me the awesomeness of that day. Here's the tribes that go before Joshua. Joshua had time to confess. I'm sure the Holy Spirit was dealing with him. I'm sure the Holy Spirit was working in his heart. There Joshua is. And they pick his tribe. Then they pick his clan. Then his family. All of that time he could have stepped forward and said, I've taken the devoted thing. I've done wrong. But oftentimes what happens is we try to hide. 
instead of bringing it forth and saying, God, search me, cleanse me, see if there be any wicked way in me. You can't hide your sins from God. And if you do, you're not going to prosper. Confess and forsake. Turn to God. Oh, he'll graciously forgive you. But you only make matters worse. Remember a while back, they had the television advertisement, Amnesty in New York, if you've done wrong with taxes in the past. But they say, after a certain day, that's too late. God gives us a period of time and says, come, come. I want to read you a quote by F.B. Meyer. If we but carefully investigated the causes of our defeats, they would be only second to victories in their blessed results on our character and lives. You need to be able to go back and look at your life and say, listen, if there's an area of defeat, why? Why? And examine your heart. Come before God. And God will graciously help. Had Joshua just prayed right at the victory, they wouldn't have had to suffer a defeated eye. Well, second point. The consequence of sin. The chapter begins and it ends with something. God's anger. God's wrath. His anger is burning. Do you think he would judge Jericho for sin and not judge sin in his own people? Listen, if you think that you can do what the world does, you're only fooling yourself. Joshua, at the very beginning, he didn't know what happened, but we're let in on the secret because it says that God's anger burned. Verse 1, verse 26, God's anger ceased to uh, be poured out upon them because they repented because sin was dealt with. God is angry. We have to understand that God is angry with sin. This chapter frightens us. I was talking to someone who preached on this text. And as I had a conversation with them, uh, I felt that, boy, they were trying to avoid the reality of the text. See, the problem is, we don't understand the holiness of God. We want to bathe in the mercy of God, and we should. And we want to drink of the cup of grace of God, and we should. But not at the expense of the holiness of God. We must keep before us that God will judge sin in Israel when he finds it there. That God will show mercy in Jericho when he finds a repentant heart. There's a contrast drawn for us in these chapters. God shows mercy to Rahab the harlot who repents. God shows judgment to Achan the Israelite who holds and hides and harbors onto sin. What did it bring them? It brought them defeat. Sin will always bring you defeat. Joshua wrongly looked at God for the cause of the defeat. He somehow attributed it to his sovereignty in his prayer. But it was not God. It was the Israelites' sin. Had they not sinned, God's blessing would have been upon them and victory would have been theirs. Not only defeat, but death. You look at Israel stoned him and his family 
and it says they burned them. God's burning anger in chapter one and God's burning judgment. The wrath of God, it's real. We want to encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. We know that God's Word never returns void. We've made it really simple. Visit buildinginfaithradio.com and click on today's date. Then you can share today's message on your Facebook page and Twitter feed, or even download a copy to share. Again, that's all available at buildinginfaithradio.com. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It is our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Joshua, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.